Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, Spilks, what's up? Oh my God, it's 2024. We're back. I've missed your beautiful face. Oh my God, it's been so long. It really has. Um, Damn, I think it's been like a, a month. Exactly a month, right? Yeah. Yeah, something. Oh. Yeah. Because I think, we're, do we record after Christmas or were we done before Christmas? No, we were done before Christmas. We were done before, yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, here we are, guys. We're back. We're definitely back for 2024. It feels good. It feels good. It feels like I haven't chatted about a lot and got my opinion out there, you know? <laughs> haven't got your opinion. Haven't gotten your ash your ash time. Oh my God. Yeah. My my wealth of knowledge and bullshit to to let you guys know about. <laughs> How have you been? How has 2024 started off for you? Good. Not too bad. I literally just got done with the posing session with Kenny. So we're tweaking my front pose. So now my my foot is no longer at three o'clock. It is now pointed at two o'clock. So we get a little bit more glute pump, pop, excuse me, and a little bit more hamstring action. So that's mm-hmm. really fun. Um, but yeah, we've just been moving and grooving. I love that. I love that. How is the family? How was your holidays? It was good. It was really nice. Uh, we didn't really do anything too crazy, you know? Um, you came up to Ohio though, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a long drive. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Um, happy to be back in my nest though i my new year's resolution is to travel a lot less this year yeah but like will you go to your athletes show this year or no um if she pays for it potentially but i i'm not doing that again for i can't afford to just pay out of pocket especially if they like don't sign or whatever i just can't can't afford that yeah no i was just like curious about you like um i've only done like the local shows to me that that my team does um that my girls do but yeah, as far as like traveling, it's just, it yeah. is a lot. Um, it's definitely a lot. It's cool to be there in person. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, yeah. Definitely. I mean, if she pays for it, I'll go. Um, but mm-hmm. I can't do, like I said, I can't do it out of my own pocket. And honestly, I just, since I am prepping myself this year, like, yeah, I don't want to just travel for shits and kicks because, like, it is a lot mentally, it's a lot physically, it's a lot financially. And it's like, I just want to be as, uber focus as I possibly can so mm-hmm. I can bring my absolute best uh-huh. yeah I will say it's like it's it's definitely different because I've done both like peaking in person versus peaking over um like FaceTime or, or photos and stuff whatever it whatever it may be um it, it's cool but it's definitely it's definitely different I yeah. will say it's good it's good in their their own ways um Let's see. My start to the year has been good. This month has been crazy for me. Um, just absolutely. I feel like I've been nonstop working and just like I'm exhausted. I had 11 sign-ons this month. Um, That's insane. And, dude, I I know. And I really haven't. I've been so shitty with my social media thing. Like I, I think I posted twice this month. And before that, I don't think I posted in the last six months, to be honest with you. Like I've made no interaction. 
Um, a few of them are like returning clients though, um, that kind of either left sometime last year, or the year before, um, and are just kind of making their way back. They kind of fell off, um, to get back in the groove of things. Um, have a few competitors, which is exciting new competitors I didn't have before. Um, and then I should, this year should be big for both of us. Like both of us are like thriving. We have quite a few athletes each that are going to be getting on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't be getting on stage for myself though, which is sad, but it's exciting. I'm ready to, I'm ready to grow some more too, but um, yeah, that's all I got on my end. Right on. Solid for the start of the year. I love it. I love it. I know we're kind of talking about something spicy because that kind of sparked the conversation because of the signups that you've been having. And -hmm. it's kind of the idea that like, we're kind of in this phase of phasing out old school bodybuilding or you know, what old school bodybuilding was, what their culture, what that environment was about and how that was kind of like detrimental in a way and how we can do things different and maybe a little bit better and healthier and safer now that we know, you know, what we now know. Cause of course I'm back then, like there probably wasn't the science, there wasn't the know-how, there wasn't the education about like doing all of these things. They just did with what they thought was best with the information that they had at the time. But now I think we know better. So now it's like, you know, seeing that some people though are still living in that old school bodybuilding era and kind of making some of the mistakes that we now know better or should know better. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, like I just thinking, cause I had, this topic came from two consults that I had this month or, or calls or whatever before signing them on. And they were former competitors and, um, you know, they definitely were like, I just, I want to prep again. I like the sport. I like the, the grind, but like the way I did it was just, it was insane. Right. And, you know, I think when Ash and I talk or present ourselves on social media, we realize that it doesn't have to be, um, so black and white, I suppose. Um, what is something I think. I'm probably going to get it wrong, but I think Austin, your coach has said it like multiple times. It's always like, okay, I'm probably going to say it wrong. More isn't better. Better is better. Is that Mm -hmm. what it is? Something along those lines, Mm -hmm. which is so true. And I think as we kind of phase out old bodybuilding, we are definitely getting away from that more is better because I think that's how the mindset was because bodybuilding is an extreme. So I think the way that we used to think was like everything had to be extremely intense. Um, you know, so like for, we'll just dive into like some of the, some of the things that I've seen and I've noticed when, when people come to me is the fact that like, they'll bring me their meal plans from their old coach or, or talk about it. And they have like no fruits, no veggies, um, in their meal plan whatsoever. It's mostly just like protein and like rice and potatoes. Um, yep. fish is a big one. It's usually like fish and rice. I swear to God, like that's all I ever see. And then like half an avocado at some point throughout the day. Yo, um, at least they got some fiber. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, how are you? Yeah, exactly. Like, how are you shitting? I'm like, how, like, where are your micronutrients coming from guys? Like we have to understand that like fruits and veggies are like such a powerhouse for not only well, I think for us mentally to feel good because they taste good. They add variety. I think a lot of people do like fruit, but like also too, like for our body to function adequately, like with digestion and fiber, like Ash mentioned, as well as like all of those micronutrients, when we're talking about like vitamins and minerals, like we need those things in order for our body to be optimal, to be able to, you know, function properly, as well as like lose the body fat that we're trying to lose. Like we do not want to get backed into a corner. And it's something as simple as just adding in a variety of different like fruits and veggies throughout 
you know, your entire prep, like keep them in like fruit is not going to make you fat. I don't even know where the fuck that came from. Yep. Yeah. For me, it's the, the lack of salt. So there was like, you know, a big thing. And this is actually something that I used to do is I used to like avoid salt, like low sodium products, no salt, this, no salt, that wouldn't salt my meals. Or if I did, Yeah. it would be like, it would be nothing. And I'd be like, why even bother? You know, because I was so afraid of weight gain. And that was the thing. It was weight Attention. gain. because Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't like understand that like it pulled water into the muscles and gave me better pumps and better workouts and better energy and better digestion too. I just saw the number on the scale go up and I was like, Oh, I can't have salt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And like, also too, like, I think a lot of people think if they're not, so salt and water go hand in hand. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, with that being said, like people will even say, Oh, like I try to salt my, my veggies and things like that, or my food or whatever the hell it is. And they feel the bloating. They feel like they look more watery, but also too, you know, you have to take into consideration, like what, like how much salt are you doing versus like water, like the ratio that you have together. Um, but yeah, I was the same way. I did a lot of, um, is it like Mrs. Dash seasonings? Yeah, Mrs. Dash. That's a throwback. Yeah. With like the no, the no Mm -hmm. salt. Um, so I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things like salt, like Ash said is a powerhouse. I use it so much, um, uh, in my own life. And then obviously, um, during like, I try not to manipulate it too much for like peak week and stuff, but like it is a tool that you can use in order to get you, you know, harder, leaner, crispier look, um, so to speak for that week. Um, but yes, like back in the day, I think a lot of people were like, no salt, pull all the salt, especially during peak week, pull, um, you know, everything out. And then you feel like you said, you have no pump during your training whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And like at that point, it's like, it just seems more, mentally fucking too as well exactly exactly something that i also did when i was first like not even doing bodybuilding because when i was bodybuilding i was doing if it hits your macros mm. but when i was first trying to diet i did bodybuilding style diets where it was just chicken broccoli and oh, rice yeah same for every single meal and mm -hmm. like i'd boil the chicken because like calories dude. i know dude it was it I was like do that It was wet and dry at the same time in like the worst way. It was terrible, right? But like <laughs> I wouldn't diversify my diet. And like something that we see in like old school bodybuilding is literally chicken, broccoli, and rice for every single meal. So there's like maybe there's fruit and veggies, like in the sense of the vegetables, broccoli, but like lack of diversity in the diet and same repetitive meals over and over and over again, which in its own way. can cause micronutrient deficiencies and therefore limit growth, limit fat loss. And then also just like hinder digestion too. Yeah, like your gut health is going to be pretty fucked. I'm not even going to lie, um, which kind of brings us to our our next one, like is like the lack of health supplements. And when we talk about health supplements, like these are essentially, you know, your multivitamins, um, your vitamin Ds, your um, fish oil, things like that. But, you know, like we said, like if you even if you are taking these or at least one of them, um, which is not something that was like very common, like we said, with old old school bodybuilding, or actually I just saw someone that, um, has inquired with me and they're taking a lot of like gummy supplements like the gum. Yeah, I know. Um, but you know, so you could be taking these, but if you're on that diet that is non-diverse, then you are not even going to have the ability to absorb them in the way that you should, in the way that you need to, in the way that your body needs to, to perform accurately, like Ash said, or adequately. Um, 
to be the best that you can on stage. Right. So like, it's kind of all these things where it's like, I think too, people are so attached to that, that same, like we say, I hate it. Cause it's kind of like, we say like everything we do should be, you know, consistent routine, the same, so to speak. Right. But when it comes down to that, like you cannot be doing broccoli, chicken, rice, broccoli, chicken, rice for like breakfast and everything. And, right. and, and I get it. Like, it's like that mindset of like, this is going to be the only way that I'm going to get lean or the only way I'm going to lose weight. Because when you've tried to just do other things, it doesn't, it doesn't really work for you, but it's the, it's the lack of like knowledge too, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think something that's very common in old school bodybuilding for whatever reason, cause I love watching, um, like how other people used to bodybuild or even currently bodybuild. Like I love watching like day in the life and shit like that. But something that I noticed that I saw a lot of in old school bodybuildings is like, they like overdose the fuck out of vitamin C, which I always thought that was so interesting where it's like every single meal would be like 5,000 vitamin C. <laughs> so you can shit because you're probably not shitting. Probably. I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. Like, cause vitamin, uh, vitamin C, if you guys don't know, if you take it in like a high dose, like it'll, it'll make you poop. Like mm-hmm. it. And like, I'm saying like, if you like, if you take a high dose of it, like you need to be taking it while you're sitting on the toilet because mm-hmm. you will shit. Like, so I'm sure that's probably why like it's so high because they don't have like the fiber and good gut health and mobility to, to get their shit out of them. So I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure Literally. like maybe they didn't know why they were using it. Like, Oh, like, why do we need all this vitamin C? But I mm-hmm. guarantee you, like someone just figured it, it was like, Oh, I take this and it helps me poop kind of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I, obviously like with the lack of health supplements and we don't even just mean like multivitamin, vitamin D and omegas, like those are great. Don't get me wrong. But especially when it comes to the enhanced route, like mm-hmm. really making sure that we, we take care of our health accordingly, if we are going to be using PEDs. And so, you know, we're thinking about heart health in terms of like CoQ10 or natokinase to help with, you know, healthy cholesterol levels, um, healthy, um, you know, vasodilation in terms of like your cardiovascular fitness, you know, making sure we do keep in like cardio year round, stuff like that to make sure that, you know, if you are going to be using PEDs, especially old school style PEDs, which tend to be a bit overkill in most um, cases, especially with females, it's like making sure you don't sleep on your, your health supplements. And I know this day and age, we probably tend to overdo it with our supplementation usage, thinking that's like the secret and that's the answer. But really back then, I think just like the vitamin C overdose is kind of like all they, they really did to get those antioxidants Mm -hmm. in, but it's like, we need to think outside the box when it comes to taking care of our health, um, especially with getting labs done, um, for, you know, this new school age of bodybuilding. Yeah, I was just going to make one more comment on like the the health supplements. So the health supplements should like enhance your health. They shouldn't replace what you're not doing mm-hmm. with, your, with your health. That's that's what I want to touch on. But yeah, the lack of lab work I see. So I'll be honest with you. I was one of those people that never got lab work for my first two seasons. And like no one ever asked me. I didn't really know about it. I didn't really think about it. And then um, when I got done, I was talking with my coach and they're like, oh, you know, our, our team works with like a hormone specialist kind of lady and she can run labs and um, review them with you. And that's when I found out I was, I was, um, or when I was diagnosed with, with Hashimoto's. Um, so like, I have no idea. And I think about this all the time. Like, I think 
Well, I know the reason that lab work lacked so much in old school bodybuilding, because I don't think anyone really necessarily knew or understood the damage that it does to our bodies. Because again, I'm going to preach it from the fucking choir, y'all. Bodybuilding is not healthy, right? Being that lean, being that low in body fat is not healthy. What suffers is our hormones, especially females, males, all of us, sex hormones. And I will tell you one thing that pisses myself off shouldn't say. And it it happened to me. It's like, I never got lab work done, but I thought it was so common and normal to not have a period. Um, obviously you can lose it in prep, but I never got either of mine back for like 15 months plus after competing. Like I was done, I was reversed. And it was like a year and a half after that. And I never got it back. Right. Um, and even then, like we should have run labs. Like those are things that you, you should be looking at. And it's not just those you know, specific labs that I'm talking about, like thyroid is a big one, um, stress, cortisol. Um, those are all things that you want to run as well, because if you are continuously competing and you're not healing quote unquote between them, like your body is going to hit a wall and it's not going to respond the way that you want it to. And I see this so often. I see people like, I'm sure Ash, you can tell like people who compete, then they, you know, whatever reverse for a little bit, go back into competing, they either struggle really hard to lose weight mm-hmm. or they gain a bunch of weight in their off season that was unnecessary. Um, and when they try and, and compete again or lose weight again, um, I always think people have like that film, like that yeah. really like heavy, like watery fat, like, like combination, like you just look swollen. It's so yeah. like you be like, yeah, I lost 25 pounds this prep and you look decently lean but you have like that film and that's like a really big yeah. indicator to me that I'm like mm, something's off like something health-wise something under the underneath under the hood we'll call it is is off um and Ash and I both preach like health is always going to be like number one when it comes mm-hmm. to to these things yeah I, th- I don't know exactly who was the the forefront of wanting to do things differently but you know part of my like continuing education is watching a bunch of old jawed meadows videos yeah he is really big on his health supplements and his supplement stacks and so i think john meadows is probably one of the the first people to be like hey listen we got to take our health supplements we got to get our labs done like i know he was always big on his heart health and not even just getting like blood work done but like getting like you know screened for you know like um cardiovascular disease and stuff like that like you know they'd get like ct scans or whatever else like i'm sure you're probably you know, way more rehearsed on the nursing side of like what you need to get checked in terms of tests done mm-hmm. for your heart health. But like, I know John was big on that. And I think that also like speaks highly to the fact that like, we do need to take our health seriously in terms of yes, our health supplements. Yes. In terms of our overall programming, our PED usage, but then also still making sure that we do set aside funds because it is expensive to get routine lab work done because like you were saying, like, you know, it's not healthy to get stage lean and that can arise a bunch of functional health issues. And, you know, we've all probably, you know, heard the horror stories of like, oh, my coach killed my thyroid or shit like that. And it's like, no, like your thyroid just adapted. And then like, what did you do after during the reversing period and stuff like that? So I think a big part of it is also making sure that we're not delusional in, you know, bodybuilding and health and how healthy is bodybuilding, but making sure that because we know it's not healthy, that we take it as healthy as we Mm -hmm. can by not just putting our head in the sand and being like, Oh, I'm sure my labs are fine. Okay. Well, let's double check because if you don't feel good, your labs probably aren't going to look good either. 
Right. So two things I want to touch on what you said. So one, um, yeah, you know, it's like, oh yeah, my coach ruined my thyroid or whatever. So that is a perfect example of me. Somebody asked me on a Q and a the other day, it was like, why did you leave your old team? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I said, you know, I left because I became a, a pretty extensive health case with my thyroid and I will never, ever, ever blame my previous coach for my Hashimoto's mm-hmm. for getting diagnosed. I know it's crazy. Um, people, will say like, whoa, like they, they maybe should have pushed you for labs. Maybe they should have pulled you out of a 10 month prep or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I look back at to where I was and I, I was the one that kept saying like, I feel great. I can keep going. Like, you know, at some point, like I, like I have to take accountability for my part too. And, you know, sometimes like, I think too, in the, in the grand scheme of it, like I was determined to do what I wanted to do. And I wanted to compete in that show in October. Um, that was close to me. And I think my coach knew that. So like, no matter what she was going to say, I remember one time she's like, Oh, like we were going to do a diet break and I just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I was not the best, best, um, athlete on that, on that matter. But, um, yeah. And like, I also think too, um, how you said, like, you know, we have to set aside like the funds and everything for that, like routine lab work. And, and when something is, normal. I'm going to put that in quotations there. Like you said, like, you know, if you feel like shit, something's going, something's probably off. Right. But if it's normal, that doesn't necessarily mean it's okay. Like I said, you lose your period in prep. It's not normal to not have it when you're back at like an appropriate, you know, body fat percentage, like when you're eating a bunch of variety of foods again, like that's not normal. It's not normal for you to have diarrhea all the fucking time. Like these things are not normal or like, you know, like excessive bloating after you eat mm-hmm. something like that's not normal. It's common. And I think that's, that's a really big misconception too, as to like, oh, well, I don't need lab work. I don't need to run a giant map test. I don't need a Dutch test because I know so-and-so has this too. And it's, it's fine. Like, it's just every competitor has this, every competitor goes through this. Like, no, that's not fucking true. Yes, there's similarities of of trends that we can see that happen with our body and being in low body fat, but it's it's not fucking normal people. So like if something doesn't feel right, like I when I got done with prep, I was sleeping for 14 hours a day and I was like I'm just tired. Like I'm working, I just started my business. I was working in a mentorship for another company. Um I was working nursing full-time and overtime because it was covid, so I was working like at the hospital alone like 65 hours a week myself. Um, yeah, dude, and at that time that was that was when I realized like my personal limit. I had like 40 something people on my roster and I couldn't keep up. Um yeah. so you know and, and at that time I was like, oh, it's just normal. I'm just tired. No, my thyroid was a piece of shit. Dude, well, you were tired. tired. You were tired, but that's the thing what? is like you're, you had redlined the engine and you had gotten so used to what it felt like to feeling like shit that that mm-hmm. was your normal. Right. And that's the thing is like, you weren't told or you were never explained that like, it was not normal to feel this way. You had been feeling this way for so long. And you had been, like I said, redlining your engine. It was your new normal. And so then when you got things like checked out, your body by then was just so fucking flatlined that like, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you look back on it now, especially with everything that you have gone through now that you now know, and you're like, oh, well, of course I have like Hashimoto's, right? Because, but like at the time that you were in the thick of it, you were just trying to survive. So give yourself a little bit of grace there. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Thank you. It's always like pulling me back down. (laughs) Appreciate you. Mama Ash. Yes, seriously. Hey, we go we go back and forth, right? Like the other day you texted me and I was like, listen. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, no. And now like, I have to say, I'm kind of annoying. I'm a little annoying with my lab work. I'm always like asking Mark, I'm like, Hey, should we get labs done? He's like, no, like, I don't see the need to right now. Like we just yeah. got them done like, like 10 weeks ago. Relax. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I just want to see where they're at. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm curious, but it, it, it can be, it can be over overkill too. So I think another thing too, that, that was like extremely old school that I see often. And like Ash can probably talk, speak more on this and how beneficial it is more than I can, but uh, you know, the, a short off season versus a long off season. I think previously it was kind of, yeah, it was kind of just like, go, go, go. Like I see it all the time. Like people will compete in like a fall show. Um, so say like October, November, they'll go through the holidays doing God knows what, and then they'll be in prep again in February to get ready for a spring show. Right. Um, like, first of all, I don't even think from Christmas to Valentine's day, that's like 16 weeks. Like, I feel like you should reverse as long as you prepped at least or, you know, decent amount. Yeah. So that actually brings back like my, how Delulu I was when I first got got into a bodybuilding is I stepped off stage the last time in October, two days later, got my boobs done. Love that for me. Um, wasn't able to even get back into the gym until like late December, early January. Um, was that your choice or your doctor's choice? It was definitely my doctor's choice because he knew I was full of shit. Like okay. he, he knew that like I was still pretty eating disorder, even though I held behind the veil of bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, cause again, I didn't I know like, if you were like, do you held off? Cause you were like feeling pretty shitty or if you were just, Oh like- no, I had a great recovery. The thing is I was so paranoid because again, I paid $8,000 myself. Mm-hmm. I had saved up all the money from coaching to, to buy these for myself. So therefore right. like it didn't mess with Eric and I's joint finances. So no, I, these are my pride and joy. I'm very proud of my boobies. Um, but because I'm so proud of them, like I didn't want to fuck it up, right? Because I, of course, researched and heard all these horror stories, breast implant illness, you know, having contractures or whatever, and, you know, having your your boobs in your armpits. I was like, that's not going to happen to me. So he told me three months and I took it seriously because I was like paranoid as shit. But then also like, you know, yeah, I wanted to get back into the gym. But at the same time, it's like, well, I just spent $8,000 I don't want to spend any more time out of the gym or any more money if I fucked it up. So no, it was, it was partly me, but mostly the the surgeon being like overly cautious. Cause usually turnaround time is like eight weeks, not 12. Um, but I digress. So anyway, got back to the gym, like late December, early January. And then I wanted to like run my first Anavar cycle. And I feel like we ran Anavar in either February or March, And that was kind of like the time when like COVID started to pop up and Mm -hmm. like, you know, my Anavar cycle was pretty, pretty heavy. Like we started, of course, with like the normal Anavar dosage of like five milligrams a day and then worked all the way up for like a 12 week cycle, which is fairly long for an oral, but my highest dosage got up to 20 milligrams a day. And if you guys know like androgens, like uh, just a general rule of thumb a normal healthy female makes about seven milligrams of testosterone a week, right? Okay. So a cycle, even if you double it, you're still making double what you'd naturally produce. So we do it in, again, a weekly dosage. So let's say normally you make seven milligrams a week. Okay. Well, if I'm taking 20 milligrams of Anavar a day, 20 times seven is 140. And if we divide that by seven, Again, that is 20 milligrams per day that I am taking. So 
yeah, um, definitely a lot of fucking drugs, especially for our first exposure, especially when I had no lab work, I had no period, and I was just getting back into the gym like two months after a surgery. Stop, so like, yeah. so even though I crushed my reverse and I didn't get fat and like, I was like responding well to getting back into the gym, like everything was wrong. Everything oh, yeah. was wrong. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's where it's like that old school mentality slash just lack of education when it comes to, especially enhanced females. It's like, it could have been so much better had I would have been smarter, which is why like, I'm very outspoken on my own PED usage, my own PED journey, because once upon a time, I was so ignorant and had my head in the sand that I just played dumb. Everything's fine, bro. I didn't even know Anavar was illegal. Like, I don't even know how I got Anavar, but somehow I got it. And like, I was already on it when Eric's like, this is illegal, right? And I was like, no, it's not. And he like looked it up. He's like, no, this is fucking illegal. And I was like, oh, and I was like, but by that time I was like so balls deep into bodybuilding. I was like, I don't give a fuck. And if you don't support me, fuck you. Like again, I was such a, such a fucking child, but we healed and we, we got better. But yeah, that's kind of my little side tangent there. Sorry about that. You're good. Did you have any like virilization during that time or no? I definitely had bad DHT acne because that's like my body's preferred way to show that I'm, I have too much androgens is like skin. Mm -hmm. Um, I mostly had virilization when I was using Primo, but not because Primo is like more virilizing than Anavar. Like I'm sure I had some voice cracking too, but like, it was also so long ago. I don't remember, but again, like virilization, which if you don't know what that is, pick up my free guide on that uh, shameless plug. Um, but essentially like it compounds too. So not only is it the dose, it's the frequency of cycles. And then it's also like, what else are you doing? But I definitely did get some DHT acne and I'm sure my voice started to compromise a little bit. Cause usually it's my voice and the skin becomes Mm -hmm. my issues. Mm. Just wondering if you got like a giant clip, you know, it definitely had like some clit swelling. Like that's also something that I had and it's probably gotten like a little bit bigger if I'm being totally transparent, but like. I'll be honest, as someone that has like a hard time, like getting aroused, I actually kind of don't mind because it makes sex I a lot more it. fun. Dude, yeah, yeah, for real. Um, Dude, that was great. That was like a great story. I don't even know how to get into like the next one. Like, honestly, like how do we even transition out of that? Um, uh, short but- off season, though, uh, an off season, like for a female, if you have a three month off season, I think you're a joke unless you are like IFBB pro yeah. where like you are already cream of the crop, but yeah. hey, let's be honest. Like there's probably no real pros like listening to this unless like you're a brand new pro, in which case, congratulations. We're very proud of you. But like yeah. realistically, like even a guy having a three month off season, even if they like blast the entire three months, I'm like, you better be like fine tuning some shit. It better be like, Hey, you competed. You're, the judges were like, hey, your pecs suck. And they like just had three months of like pec building. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But like females, nah, not enough time to restore your period, not enough time to put on muscle mass. Like six months to a year is like minimum, in my opinion. Granted, I had an overkill. I did five, but I went from looking like a Halloween Halloween decoration to actually wanting to look like an a, a bikini athlete. And that was my own journey. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like I said, like we we talk about just like the the people who will prep in the fall or like I've seen people like they they prep for spring. They enjoy their summer because they're all lean. And then they're like, oh, shit, 
and then they get um try and get lean again for the fall or the holidays or or whatever it may be. Um, so this last one on our list, which I I I think this is huge because I I just think about like watching like the things that were like on Netflix, like the Arnold movie and, and all of that thing is like the failure to rest from, from like training or cardio. Um, and I think that's huge. Uh, I, I, like I said, I was on a consult with, with a girl and she was like, yeah, like my last prep, like uh, we just were at like four hours of cardio a day, every day. And I trained seven days a week and I was like, holy fuck. And she's like, yeah. And um, she was doing a lot of cardio on the bike on like the seated bike and she ended oh. up getting yeah she ended up getting like I don't even know like some type of like skin tear or like bruising down there or something yeah she said it was really bad and they tried to cover it up with her tan and it looked really blotchy and really bad and she's like I think that's why I didn't place as well as I wanted to and I was like what the fuck oh. and I was like yeah and I was like that's a lot of cardio and like a lot of time she's like yeah I was like seven days a week my family stopped supporting me and I was like well yeah that's that's a lot um but I think with the old school bodybuilding like that's that's definitely how I can loop back to the beginning when you know you know more isn't always better like better is better right so Mm -hmm. we don't want to keep hammering away at something especially when we know that our bodies thrive on rest and recovery and like one that's that's how we build that's how we restore that's how we we obviously function a little bit better too and mentally as well like you get that little break or, or alleviation but I think just not even in bodybuilding even though I know this is so bodybuilding focused but like as a whole as a community as a society like everyone always thinks like you have to do the utmost of everything um in order to be successful and and at times like pulling out of training because you're so inflamed because you're so sore like what the fuck I'm about to get I'm about to get mad like what the fuck are you doing like if you can't recover <laughs> and like you're going to train again and you're sore like are you even like progressing in the gym or does that even make you feel good like what's the point of going if you like can't lift as well as you did the day before like your body's like literally screaming at you to sit the fuck down and like mentally you just feel like shit because you feel like a failure and you're putting yourself in that own situation do you want to know something wild so when I was like first getting into like bodybuilding before I even hired my first coach um I would train seven days a week this would also include cardio of course so it'd be like arms and abs or whatever on my active rest days which like if you're taking active rest days you're probably just addicted to exercise and yeah I am gonna say it because I was there because I could not be still I was trying to avoid run away whatever not deal with the idea of just like sitting down and taking some goddamn deep breaths. I could not handle that, right? I could not handle my thoughts and what I thought about myself. So I exercised and chances are if you're listening to this podcast, that probably is you too. So it's not Mm -hmm. that I'm calling you out. I'm calling my, my old self out, but Mm -hmm. I would also, I started doing this habit where, because I was going twice a day to the gym to do my cardio and then do my training or do my training and then my cardio, I was like, well, what happens if I go to train twice in a day? So I picked up Arnold Schwarzenegger's like bodybuilding book and did his bodybuilding split where it was like you would train in the morning and you train in the evening and then you train in the morning and you train in the evening, like five days a week, I think, or something like that. And like, I was pushing myself pretty hard, but at the same time, like my body looked like trash. Like it looked so awful. I was so inflamed. I wasn't growing muscle. I was like, 
like my body composition was just not changing whatsoever. And of course, like I also, even though I was doing his workout, I was also adding more exercises in or, mm. you know, doing fucking burpees in my quote unquote rest period. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Like it was so fucked up. Oh my God. I forgot about that. Like short rest periods of like only like 30 seconds before your next set. I used to do that a yep. ton or like circuit training. I had a lot yep. of like circuit training. Um, and it was like, you'd go through like a circuit of like, you know, four exercises back to back rest for a minute, four more four different ones, rest mm-hmm. for a minute then four other different ones. And then like repeat that whole cycle, like five or six times. Like I could, oh my God, I would feel so shitty afterwards, but I thought like that's how I was making progress. And I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't know if you guys saw my last physique. A lot of people are like, oh yeah, like you looked so good. Like, yeah, I was lean as fuck. But let me tell you guys, like I was so small. Like I lost all of my fucking muscle probably because of that shit and the hit cardio I was doing. And like, I was never resting. I like, I, I think I trained six days a week and I, I did yeah. have an active rest day if I remember correctly, but yeah. Imagine Dang. if you were vegan, if you were vegan too, oh. like I was, you would have gotten the Ash Markham build. Yeah, no. And I think like also too, like I have like no shame now in like literally like I've had athletes that are in prep and I'll pull them from training for the whole fucking week if they need it, mm-hmm. like because they're so fucking swollen and like, it's, it's literally like you, because I know they kind of have that mindset of like, I need to go, I need to train, I need to do everything. And I'm like, no, like your, your body looks inflamed, dude. Like it, it's, it's going to compromise everything we've fucking worked for. Mm-hmm. So I will pull you out. And like, now I'm like, I train four days a week and I'm like, oh God, anything over that? Never. I can't, I can't do more than four. <laughs> I'm like so dramatic about it. I'm like, ah, even four. I'm like, oh. Can we just do three? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like that's another like old school mentality, which is like failure to like fully rest. But um, something that I, cause I don't want to just bash an old school bodybuilding, but something I really admire about old school bodybuilding is how hard they trained without mm-hmm. the need to talk about how hard they trained, right? They just fucking trained versus Very now humble. it's like, yeah, like for now it's like everyone brings their tripod into the gym to show like, quote unquote, hard sets, which most of them aren't even that hard, to be honest with you. But like, they just worked hard. They worked hard because that's all that they knew. And they did it without snaps and claps from social media. And that's actually something that I am trying to kind of like, uh, I can't think of the word. I'm having a brain fart. But I'm trying to like, um, I guess, encapsulate. That's like totally not the word I want. But like, I'm trying to take that environment and apply it to my contest prep when I ever am in prep because like and not every day everyone needs to see like a new ass line of me you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying like yeah I'll get to the point where I'm gonna get like really really lean and shredded but like I want my contest prep to be tasteful I don't want it to be like in your face because like I'm not doing it for Instagram I'm not doing it for socials I'm not doing it for friends and family I'm doing it for me so it's like I want to be present with my contest prep and if there's an update if there's a change I'll do it as needed but like, it doesn't need to be like my social media shouldn't just be me and my ass and my bikini, you know, suit all the mm-hmm. fucking time. Like, I don't want it to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I respect that. I think that's great. I don't even think I'll share next time I prep. I probably mm-hmm. just had it. And then like on show day, I'd be like, boom, what's up? Yeah. That's just like, but no, I, I agree with you. I think they were, they're very tasteful and, and humble in their way and their approach, because I think this will probably be the last thing I say, but for them, 
versus us today, um, their bodybuilding, they did it for them. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people in our, in our generation right now, they don't do it for themselves. They do it for whatever, whatever reason for somebody else to get clout, like you said, to think that it's going to heal their body dysmorphia. Um, yeah, to, to feel like they fit in whatever it is. Um, and I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest difference is, is they solely did it because it was their passion and their desire versus now it's like a, mm-hmm. it's like, um, a popular thing. Like it's a popular contest. Like, you know, um, yeah. I see that lot with with the younger generation and people who've like inquired with me and they've been like oh yeah I want to prep for a show in 10 weeks not gonna happen and I'm not taking you on as an athlete if that's what you fucking think it's not mm-hmm. gonna happen no because I 100% 100% agree but like I said like we've learned a lot from old school bodybuilding and we've also like we've learned what to do we've learned kind of what not to do but the biggest thing it's like making sure that we're paying attention to our health, because I feel like that's something that maybe lacked in the old school mm-hmm. realm where, again, we, we are not so Delulu where we're thinking that bodybuilding is healthy. There are certain aspects that are healthy, of course, but mm-hmm. getting stage lean and holding stage leanness for a extended period of time is not healthy. And on the, you know, opposite end being in your off season where, you, you know, PEDs are higher, if you're an enhanced user, or if you're having to like push body weight up for whatever reason, if you're like trying to swap divisions or whatever, like that's still inducing inflammation and almost like a diabetic state in its own realm. Mm-hmm. So we know we have to be realistic when it comes to the fact that bodybuilding has healthy aspects to it, but because it's an extreme sport, there are going to be extremes that are unhealthy and taking that into consideration with your overall programming when it comes to working with a good coach that will push you and get you to where you want to go. If it's like, you know, a new level of conditioning or leanness, bringing up muscle parts, um, being more competitive in your division, that they will push you enough to get you there, but they'll also be able to undo the damages that got you there. So therefore you can have that longevity in the sport. You can have your health in the rest of your life, which I know Ash and I are really focused on that when it comes to working with our athletes, making sure we have proper health phases, holding phases, whatever, to make sure that again, you have longevity in the sport and you're not someone that pops up, you know, within two years does really well. And then is never heard of again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We see that a lot too. I said mm-hmm. often actually, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, that was pretty, pretty spot on with everything that kind of wrapping us up here as, as to, you know, out kind of out with the old and with the new but like in a new aspect of of majority focusing on on health and not um just running yourself into the ground mm-hmm. but yeah welcome back um we're excited to be back we're excited to you have this brand new year mapped out for good uh conversation good topics for you guys we'll also be like obviously having more guests on and stuff like that but guys thank you so much for listening and In the meantime, Ash, it was great podding with you, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Adios.